The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply, but get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home for free daily video picks from SGPN. It's like YouTube for sports gambling, but make sure to subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. From April 29th to May 4th, if you deposit on Underdog Fantasy, you'll have a chance to win a million dollars in their best ball contest. That's right, a million dollars. Sign up now on UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code SGPN. What up, NBA fans and DJs? Dan Titus here with the NBA Gambling Podcast, hosted by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm joined by my co-host, as usual, Munaf Sports Nermanji. But we have a special guest in the building. He's the man that works behind the scenes. You'll get, you'll probably see him a lot more active as the fantasy football season approaches. But it's our homie, friend, and DJN Scott Rochelle. Man, what's good with you? How you feeling? I'm doing pretty well. I know that there are about three weeks left in the NBA regular season. So sorry to cramp your guys' style, but I couldn't let you have all the fun breaking down the NBA court. <laughs> For sure, man. It's great to have you on. And, and Munaf, I know you're you're still riding high from your MLBs and your your player props as of late, man. What's good with you? How are you doing on this Monday? Monday. I'm doing well, man. It's a brand new week. Uh, had a pretty good weekend, you know, as far as, you know, betting and things like that. But uh Obviously, a lot of stuff going on in the NBA. I uh, can't wait to, you know, break it down with you guys and maybe, you know, have a little rant session here. Definitely, definitely. And so before we get into the action today, we're just going to run down. We're going to give you our daily fadeaways, talk about some of the things that have been going on in the hoops world, mainly yesterday, and then we'll give you some of our top plays in the prop shop. But before we get started, going to hear a word from our sponsor, then we'll get back to it. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today, and you'll receive a special offer for up to $500 in risk-free sports bets. Terms and conditions apply, but get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. About last night, we saw ejections we saw bad beats we saw lebron bitching which one do we want to tackle first here i will go first with the the dallas mavericks man like luca got tossed for next to nothing then rick carlisle got tossed and apparently this this ref and i was meant to look up the stats on this ref but i wanted to see how many times this guy has actually either assessed a technical foul or tossed people out of the games but apparently rick carlisle said that was the fourth time that that particular ref has given him a technical foul, which is just crazy. So I'm wondering, is this like the next, is this the next uh, Donahue? What was that guy's name? That, that dude that got yeah. caught. <laughs> yeah. That Donahue. But like, no, this guy's just swinging games, man. Like, I don't know why he's got such a short fuse, but you can't fuck with this guy, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, I saw the interview this morning on Twitter, and um, yeah, Rick Carlisle said he's gotten four technicals all season. They've been all by the same guy. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what his name was, uh, but you know, even Luca got tossed in that game for. I think the report or the the video said that all he said was "hell no," and then I kind of saw the replay where Luca got ejected. He kind of just looked at him and he right. just like tossed him out of the game. I mean, at that point of the game, it didn't really matter because you know Kings had probably much had that game wrapped up. Right. But um, you know, there's always like we hear about certain refs that has these vendettas against like certain teams, and I think. Um, if we get into the playoffs and we see this particular ref, you know, uh, in the Dallas game, we might want to take the opposing team, but, uh, <laughs> I'll try to look that, that referee up while you guys keep talking. Well, I was going to say that an issue that you have had in numerous sports. I know of course, baseball talks about it with Angel Hernandez and company is the fact that some refs have a superiority complex and they think that they need to make the game all about them instead of taking, you know, some of the shine away from the players when everyone there, of course, is there to see the players in general. But I think Munaf touched on the actual story here, which I feel like not enough people are talking about it. How do you get swept by the Kings with an ODR and Fox and Halliburton getting injured midway through the third quarter? How do you get swept by the Kings when you're competing for a six seed? Crazy, man. Crazy. I think that... I think it's time for Dallas to move on from KP because the guy is so injury prone. Like these are the type of games you need your second superstar in, especially when you're going down the stretcher, you're fighting for playoff positioning. And I mean, I was thinking about this last night after I watched the game was outside of Luca. Is there anybody else that can create their own shot on this Dallas Mavericks team? And I, nobody really came to mind for me. No, he's the only guy that can penetrate, get to the basket and lay it up. Other than the guy, other, other than that, everybody else that kind of surrounds him are our spot up shooters. So I think for Dallas, you know, we'll get into the off season, but I think they need to move on from KP and get another bona fide star next to Luca, because you're going to start wasting some of his prime years, you know, with Dallas. What do you yeah, think? You get Porzingis, though? Just curious. What do you think question. his market is yeah. anyway for Porzingis? Because I know that the Mavericks gave up a ton uh, to get him from the Knicks, but then of course people look at the upside, the fact that he's a seven foot, what is he, 7'2", give or take, and he can shoot yeah. from the outside. The issue there is that the durability is a serious problem, which has plagued him his entire career. And I don't know what teams would actually be giving up, let's just say a contender. What would they be giving up for Porzingis? Maybe one first-rounder or maybe two on a lucky day? Like you're, I don't know what you're going to get for him, but either way, I think it's pretty safe to say the Knicks kind of won the trade. I was just going to say that, yeah, the Knicks, the Knicks look like the clear winners out there. I mean... To, to get the capital, the draft capital that they received, plus the the assets, man, like they made out like bandits and the Knicks have just been on just hitting Julius Randle, most improved player, more, most likely Tibbs should be in the conversation for coach of the year and they're going to make the playoffs. And now you're still looking at Porzingis sitting on the sidelines with a, a bum ankle. Who knows if he's going to be ready for the playoffs, but you know, he got hurt last year in the bubble. Yep. We'll, we'll see how this playoffs shake out, but Dallas is definitely in trouble and they're going to be relying to your point, Manaf. Um, mm-hmm. They have no other creators. So, you know, they have decent shooters like Tim Hardaway Jr. is serviceable. Yeah. Jalen Brunson, I would say, is probably the only other person that can create his own shot or get others involved. But then you're looking at what? Dorian Finney-Smith. You're looking at, you know, Maxi Kleba. Like, they just have no pieces to really be a serious threat. But now that kind of takes us into the next point, though, because they're in a battle with the Lakers right now. Um, in the, the seating and LeBron's complaining about the playing tournament being whack, probably because the Lakers are on a 
on a quite a skid right now, losing another one last night. I mean, what are our thoughts on the Lakers? I know we're, we're going to the daily fadeaway, but I know, Scott, you got a, you got a hot take already starting us off right. Well, I was going to say that I know that for the daily fadeaway, you usually stick to the bottom feeders in the league, whether it's going to be the Magic, the Thunder, those type of teams. I feel like you have to talk about the Lakers when it comes to daily fadeaway, which I know sounds blasphemous at the time. But just hear me out here. The Lakers have been double-digit favorites in their last two games. They lost to Sacramento outright on Friday. LeBron missed the game tying three there. But, of course, Sacramento, we know, is pretty you know injured and they don't really have many star players because Fox is out pretty much for the rest of the year. But then after that, you come back and face a Toronto team, which I'm not really sure if they're officially tanking, but they're half-resting people half the time, and then they're playing people the other time. But no Van Vliet, no Gary Trent, and the Lakers are laying 10 again, and they lose outright again. I think Siakam had either 39 or 40, Lowry had 37, and the Lakers have still been getting too much respect in the marketplace. Now, they are playing again tonight. They play Denver. You don't know if LeBron or AD are going to play, which is always a huge question mark. But the Nuggets are fa- are uh, favored by three and a half. And the Lakers have not been playing well. And ever since Murray got injured, the Nuggets are nine and one. So I feel like I have to take the Nuggets here just based on the fact that, A, I don't know who's going to play for the Lakers. And B, they're not playing really well. And AD, since he came back, has the worst plus minus on the entire roster. So until they somewhat get it back together, I don't know how I'm supposed to back the Lakers because they're still getting too much respect in the marketplace. Man, you're just spitting facts here, buddy. (laughs) I didn't want to go too hard on them, you know, on my first (laughs) appearance, but I feel like I kind of had to. I I think I don't don't know if you just agree or any of you have any counterpoints. No, I I think the issue right now for the Lakers is going to be you. You brought in a guy like Andre Drummond that's kind of ball dominant at times and i and i've watched the two games since since lebron came back and it almost seems like they're trying to establish andre drummond early in that game why are you trying to do that when you have dynamic players or two of the best players in the nba and anthony davis and lebron james i don't understand what the factuation is with andre drummond um you know and it almost like it, 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 it i'm watching these games and it's like why is it so hard for andre drummond to finish around the basket but scott you're 100 correct i mean you know for the for the lakers to be double digit favorites in their last two games something's not right obviously you know you're getting lebron back so he's probably getting his you know his legs back under him after missing you know 20 plus games same thing with anthony davis Maybe they're just hopefully shaking off the rust and they can, you know, get back to their uh, championship form that they were in last last year. But, um, you know, definitely, definitely uh, troubling times in, in, in Los Angeles right now. But I think the funny part was after the loss last night, LeBron comes out and says that, you know, whoever came up with the play in tournament idea should be fired. But I saw a report or, or you know, a little report this morning on Twitter saying that he wanted to have the play in tournament as of last year for teams that are kind of competing in the, in the, in the bottom, you know, echelon of, of the Western conference. So, I mean, you know, LeBron's a superior athlete, one of the best players in the game that we've seen, at least in my opinion, but I mean, it, it, it's, it's, I, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, I don't it's wanna, weak. It's weak. Yeah. Like it, he's soft. constantly, he's always doing this type of shit when it's like not in his best interest. Right. Yeah. Like, this squad is free falling down the standings right now. And um, yeah, to your point, I think just watching Andre Drummond on the court, it's always been his stigma that he puts up a lot of empty stats and empty production, but even watching him 
get the empty production, he still doesn't look like he's comfortable playing basketball. Like, it's a struggle to watch him on the court. He has no fit with this squad. And I thought that he would be more of a defensive anchor to this squad, but like, he's not even really doing that. Like, I've watched him in pick and rolls. He looks lost. And yeah. his offensive game is complete trash. So, yeah, he's just not a good fit. To go back to Scott's point, man, it's crazy that the Lakers, with eight since AD returned, the Lakers have been outscored by opponents by 56 points when AD is on the court, which is just crazy. Like, his plus minus, I mean, this guy's averaging 16.5 points, six rebounds, and just a shade under 40% field goals. He's not the same person pre, you know, um, Achilles, hamstring, whatever that in calf injury, whatever that was. He's not 100%. And most NBA players at this stage in the season aren't 100%, but there's something still nagging him, much like we've been talking about Damian Lillard's play as of late. There's something hampering him where he's not all the way there. But going back to the dilemma here, I mean, the seeds in the West, five through seven, the Mavs are 36 and 28. Lakers are 36 and 20 and the Blazers are 36 and 28. Only difference is look at that strength of schedule. So who's going to win out here? I think that five seed is really where you want to be. Anything else, seven and eight, it's going to get dicey for you in this playing tournament. I feel like that's uh that's definitely where yeah. you don't want to be. Yeah. Dallas has one of the hardest remaining schedules. And um, uh, as far as the Lakers, they have the fifth easiest remaining schedule. So it's going to be interesting as we come down the stretch here, you know, most of these, Teams have about seven to eight games left here. So, uh, you know, definitely it's going to be interesting to see what kind of transpires over these next two weeks. Definitely does. And so let's go into the first game. I think we're going to fade. I think, Munaf, we, we both agreed to fade this Orlando-Detroit contest. Um, yeah. Jeremy Grant's out. Mason Plumley's out. I mean, just it's per usual for Detroit now. They're in full tank mode. And then we got Orlando. Cole Anthony's been playing really well, hit a game winner not too long ago. Um, he seems to be finding his groove after missing most of the season with a, a, what seemed to be a rib rib injury, described as yeah. a rib injury. But, uh, yeah, I'm not really digging this game. I'll probably take Orlando, but I'm not, I'm not really interested in much of it, so we can just blow past that one. And then the next game, we got the Washington Wizards and the Indiana Pacers. We got the Pacers... Uh, we got the Washington Wizards. I see it's three and a half point favorites right now. Uh, with a very high total, 246 and a half. Are you guys getting behind this? Um, you, you know, uh, as far as totals, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the totals guy. I think you kind of take a look at, you know, I've been talking about over the last couple of podcasts and over the last couple of weeks is that, you know, Indiana's playing at a very high, high pace. I mean, you take a look uh, over their last 10 games and I kind of like shortening it over to every, over their last five games, Indiana is still number three in pace. Washington uh, has trickled down to number 13, but um, you know, it's a, it's a very high total. I think if you were going to play this total, I'd probably look at taking the first half over just because, you know, watching this Indiana team, they like getting up and down the court, as I mentioned. And then, you know, we know what Washington is capable of on the offensive side when you have a guy like Russell Westbrook who, who plays at 110% on every single possession. Um, and then you also have Bradley Beal, um, you know, for Washington, obviously. So, I mean, looking at some of the defensive ratings over the last five games for this team, you know, um, Indiana's still in the top 10, which is respectable, but they haven't been playing the greatest opponents. I mean, they had the thrashing of the Oklahoma City Thunder over the weekend where they put up 150 plus points against them. 
and Washington is down to number 20 in offensive efficient, sorry, defensive efficiency. So, um, you know, I'll probably be taking a look at the first half over if I do end up playing it, but I think that 246 is a really, it's a pretty big number, but if these two teams are just getting up and down the court, as we've seen, you know, this, this it could probably fly over the total of 246. Yeah, and you got the Wizards, man, 8 and 10 in their last 10, 8 and 10 against the spread. They've been rolling, and it's it's really cool to see because I know a lot of people were doubting Russ, um, mm-hmm. you know, as, as we're getting to that all-star break, but this man has turned it up another notch. And Washington has just climbed up the, the, the Eastern Conference, and you mentioned it earlier, Scott, is like, what is Toronto doing? They're like weirdly tanking, but like not tanking. Um, so it doesn't seem like they're really trying to be competitive here. So I think this is pretty much going to be a race between the wizards and the bulls, um, to really win that 10th spot. And it looks like the wizards are in a better position with Zach Levine still being in COVID protocol. Um, it's going to be a hard travel. It's going to be a hard road for the bulls to, to kind of come back to real quick before we, uh, get your take, Scott, just got an alert from Shams. Dennis Schroeder's out for 10 to 14 days with COVID protocol. So that's just another blow for the Lakers, man. They're not going to yeah. have him until the playoffs time. So uh, just another reason to uh, get off that bandwagon. Scott, any thoughts on the Washington? Well, I was going to say, since you brought up the shooter news, I'm curious how many points he's actually worth in the marketplace. Because, of course, LeBron did he get all the headlines. Schroeder's been really, really good for that team. Yes. He's been very impactful. So I am curious how much of a factor that's going to play for the lines. If I had to guess, probably one and a half two points. I think he's that valuable on the defensive end as well. So that's just my brief take there. So if you like Denver, probably should take it sooner rather than later because with Schroeder out, maybe the Lakers might just, I don't, I don't want to say wave the flag on this game, but they might be more incentivized to maybe rest one, one if not both of their superstars. But talking about the Washington game, just segueing back, totals of 246. On principle, I kind of have to lean to the under because 246 for the over is a little bit too much for me. Now, you mentioned Indiana's pace and how they've been a very fast-paced team lately. However, a quick reminder, Sabonis has only played in one game in about the last two weeks. And the reason why Indiana's pace was so high is yep. because they were using Brissett at center and Brissett's six foot seven. So they were really just embracing a small ball five pretty much to the extreme, which allowed them to go faster. And Sabonis, of course, put up a triple-double in the first half against Oklahoma City. Then again, it was against Oklahoma City. So you look at that defense and how they don't guard anybody. And the fact is that 152 with the total they put up against Oklahoma City might have caused this total to be a little bit, I'd say, too high, just based on, uh, I don't want to say recency bias, but I definitely think that played a factor. So I potentially lean to an under. Uh, as for the actual side here, I'm curious how undervalued Indiana is because people looked at this Indiana team. Of course, Brogdon's injured again. What else is new? But you're looking at the rest of this team and – with and without Sabonis, this team is night and day because Sabonis is that good, and he's clearly their best player by far. Of course, Miles Turner is still going to be out, but money has come in on Indiana, so I actually think Indiana might be live to get the job done here, and the Wizards proved against Dallas over the weekend they still don't play any defense. So if you're looking at a game where both teams go up and down, I think there might be a little bit of value in Indiana plus the points. A great call. We're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor, then we'll get back to the action. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you've come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. 
Go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. So getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash SGP and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving the home. Complete an online visit today to connect with your doctor and take care of it. So lastly, just go to GetRoman.com slash SGP and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash SGP. Get started now and save $15 on your first month of treatment. Yeah, I love that. That that's a great uh, alternative side there, man. Um, start money on Indiana. Yeah, it's been interesting to see how they've been able to cope without a true center, and you know, by having Sabonis back, I think it was. I don't know if it was fool's gold or not. You know, playing the Thunder, but we'll we'll certainly find out tonight because I don't know both teams don't really have much of a front court presence. So I would, you know, Sabonis. I have him for some of my prop shop uh, props later on today, just because Washington's been so bad at guarding against the, the Garden in the paint. Um, so going to the next game, we got the Warriors who are struggling going against the New Orleans Pelicans. Currently see New Orleans as three-point favorites. This line opened up at three and a half, so not not much movement there. But we know that uh, Kelly Oubre is going to be missing the contest. Ken Bazemore has been playing really well, and as well as Juan Toscano Anderson. But like, wh- who else is going to help out Steph Curry here? Is this a spot where you see New Orleans take care of business or does the Warriors finally get back on track with a W? Depends if Draymond scores more than two points. <laughs> <laughs> two points with like 11 assists and like six rebounds. It's a typical Draymond stat line. Maybe a tech okay. in there, a couple turnovers. With a couple t- right. <laughs> yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head for this one, uh, Dan. I, I think, you know, who's going to help Steph Curry is going to be the biggest question mark, you know, going for the rest of the season, even for the Golden State Warriors, you know, battling with the injuries that they have um, to their supporting cast, like you mentioned, um, you know, there's, it is going to take a godly effort from Steph Curry. Like he had that stretch of, you know, dropping those 40, 50 games to kind of will this team into the playoffs if they're even in the, in the conversation right now. But I think, you know, I think this might be too much for for the uh, Golden State Warriors to handle with the Pelicans. I think Lonzo Ball has been playing well as of late, and then you have your your two superstars or your all stars for the New Orleans Pelicans in uh, Zion and um, Brandon Ingram. So I, I think that you know New Orleans being at home uh, here tonight, I kind of like this minus three four for the Pelicans here tonight. I, th- I think they get the job done against the Golden State Warriors just kind of looking at the defensive metrics for some of these uh, for at least for um, the golden state warriors over their last five games, they are, they were hovering around, you know, being one of the better offensive efficiency team, but now all the way down to number 11, sorry, number 20. And then defensively um, they're down, they were up there at top three when I, when I last was handicapping some games, but now they're down to number nine. So, you know, losing some of those guys, to injuries has kind of taken a toll here for the golden state warriors, but I'll take the Pelicans minus the three here tonight. Yeah. That's the way I lean as well. I think I kind of have to, I mean, you talk about the injury report and how, uh, of course, Uber is going to be out indefinitely because he tore a ligament. But if you look at some other news, uh, Andrew Wiggins questionable with a knee injury. Now for the record, I'm not a big Andrew Wiggins guy. Having said that you look at the supporting cast, 
He's probably the second best player on the team, which tells us all you need to know about Golden State. But still, without him in the lineup, and you look at just the amount of size that New Orleans has in comparison to Golden State, especially with Wiseman being out, you have Kevon Looney and Kevon Looney, and that's pretty much it. So you look at what should happen. Realistically, Golden State's one of the worst rebounding teams in the league in terms of rebounding rate. And New Orleans is one of the best. I got to assume that New Orleans just completely just cleans up on the glass in this matchup. So I like the minus three in the spot. We are in agreement in consensus for the Pelicans. And so the next game, we got the Blazers going up against the Atlanta Hawks. Portland will be visiting Atlanta. Currently, Atlanta is favored by two points. This line opened up at one and a half. So again, not much movement. This game is going to be interesting. We got Portland's five and five in their last 10, seven and three against the spread. Whereas Atlanta's kind of faltered a little bit, five and five uh, in their last 10 against five and five and five against the spread as well. Uh, the Nate McMillan magic was on and popping just a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, is this a, do you think this is, this is a good position for the Portland trailblazers to write their ship as well? Um, or is Atlanta going to keep riding their wave and, and, continue to solidify their spot in the Eastern conference here. I think this is like a clash of like the winning streaks, right? I think Atlanta has won five games in a row at home. And then uh, we, we take a look at Portland four straight wins on the road here. I mean, can you really get away from backing this Portland team right now when they're, when they're hot? I mean, we know that Portland is one of the more streaky teams in the NBA, either they're winning a whole bunch of games or they're losing a whole bunch of games in a row. But um, you know, I mean, huge performance last night from Portland against Boston. I think that was a very impressive victory for them. Um, and they're putting up the points. I think this offense is finally clicking. You take a look over their last four games uh, on their winning streak. They dropped 133, 130, 128, 129. So they're almost averaging 130 points per game uh, on their winning streak here. And it, I don't, I think that pressure of having Damian Lillard to have to score the basketball has kind of been alleviated. CJ McCollum has been playing well, you know, you got Nurkic back and then you have Norman Powell and some of your role players, you know, I think Simons is starting to get a lot more minutes for the Portland trailblazers off the bench here. Um, I'm going to stay with the hot hand with the Portland trailblazers here. They know there's something about this team when it comes down to the end of the season where they just kind of flip the switch and start winning games. And I think they're kind of in that stretch right now. Um, you know, they can probably wheel, wheel off, you know, winning six out of the last seven, eight games here. And, you know, position themselves at the five or six seed in the Western conference here. So I'll, I'll take Portland plus the two going into Atlanta here tonight. I tend to agree with you, man. I'm going Portland here. Just like what they've been doing against, against the Atlanta Hawks as of late. I mean, they're four and one against spread in their last five, but five and one in their last six games against Atlanta. So I think that they Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, maybe they have something on Trey young and committee. Um, I'm, I'm leaning the Portland trailblazers here to continue their, their five game win streak. Um, well, they're on four now, so I'm going to take it to five. Yeah, I agree. Now you look at Atlanta, I will give them a little bit of an excuse because Trey young, of course, missed about four games. Bogdanovich missed a couple of games yeah. there. So that's kind of why this team fell apart a little bit and why Philadelphia killed them twice. But you're looking at this matchup here and Portland's been playing really, really well. I know I had money on them on Friday as they took on Brooklyn, and they're winning that game pretty easily. Uh, killed Boston. I wouldn't say killed Boston, but they ended up opening the game up late in the fourth. But Atlanta, don't get me wrong, I am impressed with how this team has played this season, but Portland seems to be peaking at the right time. 
And you look at all the weapons that they have and the fact that Mello as well has been really good lately. I just think they have too much depth when it comes to scoring. And Atlanta really doesn't have that luxury because besides for Trey Young, Bogdanovich lately, and I know John Collins, who's been a little bit quiet over the last couple of games, but he's still very good. Capella is mostly a lob threat. That's pretty much it. But when it comes to just scoring depth, I just think Portland has way too many options for Atlanta to handle. Carmelo, man, the resurgence. It's crazy that that guy was on the street just a couple of years yeah. ago and look at him just continuing to do what he does, just drop buckets. I think the big thing for Melo has been that, you know, he he's kind of like made that acceptance or realized that, hey, I'm going to have to be a guy that's coming off the bench and then on any given night, I might only get, you know, 20 minutes a night, so I got to make the most of it. So having, I think, a bona fide score like that off the bench um, for the Portland Trailblazers, I think has been really big um uh you know for them lately and and hopefully they can carry that into the rest of the season and and then going into the playoffs definitely yeah i always i always wanted alan iverson to be able to make that transition to a bench role uh, yeah. i wonder how long his career could have gone if he was just resigned to the fact that he was not a starter anymore but no one came around rant. that was an underrated rant though that he had i never heard of any all-star coming off the bench Right. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that his response to that? First, like first round, to... first round picks coming off the bench. Yeah, yeah, that that for sure. All right, we're gonna take a quick break here from our spot. If you haven't played on Underdog Fantasy, you have to check it out. Their fantasy best ball tournaments are some of the best around. Even better is their NFL Draft Weekend special. Sign up between April 29th and May 4th, and you have a chance to win a million dollars. That's right, one million dollars. When you go to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN, you'll get $25 free, which you can use to enter their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament. SGP will be running a private Best Ball Drafts for the listeners as well. This is a limited time offer that ends May 4th, so go to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for your chance to win a million dollars. That's right, underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, so we got the Sixers traveling to, to Chi-Town to take on the Bulls. Currently, the Bulls are laying five points. The Sixers coming off a tough OT win with Ben Simmons getting a tip in against a pretty weak San Antonio team. I mean, DeMar, DeMar DeRozan wasn't active. Yeah. De, DeJounte Murray did not play. Um, and the Philly starters played most of the game. Ben Simmons played awful. He continues to play awful. But, I mean, I think that this is a, I don't know, what, what do you guys think about this game here? Uh, the Sixers, I feel like, you know, I think Nikola Vucevic is questionable to play tonight, if I'm yep. not mistaken. Yep, he's mm -hmm. questionable, and we know Levine's still out. So, yeah, I think that Philly might just be fortunate. Um, they're going through the last stretch of their season where they're playing below 500 teams. I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing some sporadic rest out of some of their superstars, but I think that they can comfortably get this win here in Chicago. Five points. I don't like them as road as road favorites, but I'm going to continue to ride ride the Sixers here. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go with Chicago tonight. I think that, like you mentioned last night, Philly should have won that game comfortably, and I think you know, having your starters play that many minutes, plus your, you know, OT on the road. Now you're traveling, probably got out late after that OT win going into, um, sorry, Chicago tonight. You take a look at Philadelphia on back-to-back -back situations, three, seven, and one against the spread um, on back-to-back -back nights. 
I think that, you know, the young legs of Chicago will probably be able to keep up with Philadelphia here tonight. So I'm going to go a little contrarian and I'm going to take Chicago, you know, getting the points at home here tonight. I think one thing you have to keep in mind with Philly, of course, since they've been known to rest and beat particularly in some back-to-backs because as the playoffs approach, you got to keep them healthy. They are still competing for the one seed. And I'm sure we can all agree that you'd rather play the Knicks than the Bucks in the second round if you had the choice. So I think that Philadelphia will definitely try to go full steam ahead, but then again, also try to be responsible with Embiid's health. But in this spot here, I'm not really sure what happened with Philly yesterday because we talked about San Antonio and how they were missing a decent amount of players. And yet Philadelphia, I don't say they didn't show up, but they definitely didn't look fully engaged like they should have for a game that was that meaningful for the playoff picture. Now, Chicago is a team that I have not been able to figure out all season long. Uh, It seems like Billy Donovan has this team not show up when I think they're going to, and they show up when I don't think they're going to. But if you look at this actual spot here, I do think five's a little bit too many points, especially if you think there's a chance that Embiid might not play. You might be able to beat a huge line move if you take Chicago. So I'm actually going to agree with Manoff here. I think that even though Philadelphia could easily win the game, I think Chicago's going to hang around, make this a little bit more interesting than people expect. And I feel like Philadelphia minus five is just a very, very public trap line. So I'm going to go with Chicago on this one as well. I think a quick point, like like from Sixers last night, I think they were controlling that game for most of the game. But you take a look at the fourth quarter, they got outscored 28 to 18. So, you know, when it was time to shut the door for the Sixers and maybe rest up their starters, they didn't take advantage of that opportunity. And they they let, you know, San Antonio get back into the game and force overtime. So um, I think that may catch up with them here tonight against Chicago. <clears throat> Sorry, this may be a good money line parlay piece. If you if you think that Sixers get the W here, maybe with Washington or another team that you do like tonight. But, um, you know, again, Sixers had the opportunity last night to shut their door and they just didn't take advantage of it. So I think that might catch up with them tonight, uh, being in a back-to-back situation. Dan, what, do you what are your guys? Uh, so I'm going to take the points just because, like, I've, I had a rough week last week. And everything, every time I trust in my gut to fade somebody is always a disaster. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick to my hometown Sixers. I'm going to trust that they really want that number one seed and they're going to do whatever the, whatever it takes to get that W. Now, five points, totally agree with you guys. It's, it's a lot and I hate picking them on the road, but I'm going to have some faith. Uh, we'll, we'll see if I can turn this around here, see if my Sixers can come out correct. But yeah, I think not having Vucevic in there will certainly help their cause. If he plays, yeah. then I might have to reevaluate things. But yeah, the next game is going to be a dogfight, man. The New York Knicks versus the Memphis Grizzlies. The current opening uh, total was at 217. It's risen a little bit to 219 and a half. And we have the Memphis Grizzlies as three-point favorites. What are your guys' thoughts on the Knicks here? Are they going to continue their good play? Or are they um, going to hit a, hit a bump in the road? I mean, they did just come off a pretty convincing win against the... Houston Rockets, no surprise there. Shocker. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, second night of a back-to-back. Are we expecting a little bit of a layoff for New York here? Yeah, I, I think, you know, how Scott said that Chicago has been one of the teams that it has been difficult to figure out this season. I think Memphis is that team for me. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're, there's been spurts where they look like, you know, they can be a competitor in the Western Conference, but then there's games where, like, on on saturday where they took on orlando again we're in control of that game let them back in and cole anthony gave him the dagger at the end and, and they won that game so um you know new york I, I can't fade this new york team right now they're just playing real well i mean you take a look they what won 11 of their last 12 almost it looks like here um you know now 
again, they got the convincing win against the Rockets last night, traveling to Memphis here tonight, um, quickly trying to see what their uh, record is on back-to-back situations, eight and four against the spread on back-to-back nights. I think I'm going to go a different angle in this game. I'm going to take the Knicks first half. We've talked about all season how Knicks have been with the best team in the first half uh, against the spread. Maybe their legs falter a little bit in the in the in the second half because they are in a back-to-back situation. But uh, for the for this game, I'm going to take the first half uh, for the New York Knicks here tonight. I like it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oof, yeah, this is a tough one for me. Like I, I tend to lean towards the Knicks here. Mm-hmm. As road dogs, just given their recent performance, I think that they're locked in. But you're right. I mean, I'm more so curious about what Memphis has been doing. Like, I think they went on a really nice run when Valachunas was on the bench and they kind of let John Morant hold more of that scoring, that scoring options. And then obviously Jaron Jaron Jackson Jr. came back uh to the lineup. But like I, I'm wondering if they're kind of still adjusting to the fact that Jaron Jackson's back. Like, I, I just don't like the way that this team has looked um, with Valachunas back in line of post concussion. So I'm leaning towards the Knicks here, but feel like the Knicks are, are rolling right now. And I think that they're going to get this win here. Yeah. I mean, for me, the, I'm also looking at the Knicks, which I'm sure is not as entertaining to some of the listeners. Cause we've agreed a little bit too much on the show, <laughs> but you're looking at the Knicks here. They've covered in 14 of their last 15 games. They're the number one team in the league ATS. So if you want to talk about backing a team, back the Knicks so far this season, you could probably buy another house. So that's definitely a good team that you should consider backing. But the thing about Memphis here is that this team has lost three of four, uh, got killed by Denver, got killed by Portland, beat Orlando in a very hideous game, 92 to 75. And then they lost to Orlando the game after on that Cole Anthony game-winning three-pointer. Knicks did play yesterday. But they also did not play leading up to that game from the 29th onwards. They had a lot of time off, and they were up 30 pretty much in the fourth quarter and could basically coast the finish line. So if you're looking at this line here, the Knicks getting points as the number one ATS team in the league, I got to take the Knicks or don't play at all. I mean, it's just how I view it. Yeah, I, I think – go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I like one game play in particular for the prop shop in this game. But uh, for the sake of this matchup here, I got to take the Knicks plus the points. I think the one caveat, I, I think that the one stat that I did see for this game, a non-conference game, Memphis is 19-8 and eight against the spread now. I don't know how relevant that is for tonight's game when you're going up against the best ATS team and, and you know, one of the better teams in the league this season. But, you know, I kind of want to throw that set out there also. So we all agree the Knicks covering against the Memphis Grizzlies. Let's take it to San Antonio. And Utah. So San Antonio is on the back end of a back-to-back, just losing, you know, a tough one against the Sixers. And then we got the Utah Jazz. Uh, this one tips off around at 10 Eastern. We got Utah opened up at six and a half. It's now slid to seven and a half favorites for the Jazz. San Antonio, I mean, seven and a half points. The way the Utah Jazz have been playing, I, I don't know that I trust them. Um I don't know. Maybe this is my fade just because I don't, I just don't know what to expect of the jazz, man. They're just all over the place lately. Um, what are your guys thoughts? We got the over under actually the, the game total move from two twenty four and a half open to two twenty. So DeJounte Murray is probably going to be playing in this one. He didn't play last night. So I, I think yeah. that they're probably going to try him out there as well as DeMar DeRozan. I think they're both probably going to be healthy. So gives the San Antonio Spurs a little bit more competitive edge, but 
part of me is like, I'm going to take San Antonio seven and a half here. Yeah, I mean, San Antonio, the best away team as far as against the spread, 21-8-1, covering at 72% uh, on the road this season. I, I think the game last night, obviously, without DeJounte Murray, DeMar DeRozan, you can throw the back-to-back uh, stats out the window because you miss, you're miss missing you know, your top players. So, you know, Utah, it's been kind of hard to figure out what this team is without Donovan Mitchell, obviously, with your superstar being out. You know, there have been nights where, you know, they've been impressive without him. And there's been nights like I saw against Phoenix that, you know, they, they, they can put out a dud, but I'm going to back the best uh, road team here tonight. Why not? Plus seven and a half. I think it's a lot of points for Utah. Um, you know, you're obviously hopefully DeMar DeRozan. I think he is going to play tonight. And I think DeJounte Murray's also able to go. So getting those two guys is, is big for the Spurs and I'll take that plus seven and a half uh, against uh, Utah here tonight. Yeah. Uh, for me, I really, really liked Utah in the spot, and then I saw that Connolly was still going to be out, which definitely hurts. But the issue is that San Antonio did play yesterday in overtime, but they rested half their players, so I don't even know if that even counts the back-to-back. Yeah. We were talking about how DeJounte Murray and DeRozan didn't play. You'd also mention that Jakob Pertl didn't play as well, and he's been their best center by far, so definitely plays a factor in this one. But I think I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to go with Utah. It's mostly just because of the fact that even though San Antonio has been really good on the road against the number, which I do – understand utah is still 27 and four straight up at home they're still 20 and 11 ats at home this team is just so good <laughs> in their home arena and you're looking at san antonio and they've lost three in a row they had that massive choke job against boston on saturday i'm uh, no, sorry on friday where tatum dropped 60 they blew a 32 point lead and then came back almost beat philadelphia but lost there's travel involved traveling from philadelphia to utah and you might have some fatigue for some of the other guys because they went to overtime yesterday. I wouldn't say I'm in love with this Utah team, but I do think it's a pretty good spot for Utah to just come out and potentially bury this team. I like the under, though, if I had to give up my favorites play on this matchup. I do back the line movement. I think you'll see a low-scoring, kind of hideous basketball game, especially if you believe in the tired legs theory of back-to-back second half, a lot of short jump shots. So I like the under. But if I'm looking at a side here, I'm going to disagree with you guys, and I'll take probably the best home team in the entire league. And so for the last game, we've already talked about it a bunch. Uh, we got the Denver Nuggets traveling to L.A. to take on the Lakers. Yeah, so we pretty much all agree that the Lakers are a dumpster fire right now. So is anyone yeah. backing the Lakers? And that was before you mentioned the Schroeder news. So that's a separate wrinkle that we have to add. True. Even less confidence in the Lakers. <laughs> I, I think yeah. the – sorry, go ahead, Scott. Uh, Dan. Uh, Go ahead. You got it. No, I was just going to mention, I, I think this might be a contrarian night where number one, you want to check the injury report that if LeBron is going to be playing on a back-to-back night along with Anthony Davis, but I feel like because of the recent success that the Denver Nuggets are having without Jamal Murray and, you know, Jokic playing at an MVP level, he's pretty much locked up the MVP for this year. Um, I feel like everybody is going to be on Denver here tonight and and rightfully so, right? Because like we mentioned, Lakers being double-digit favorites at home can be straight up in those two games. Um, I'm going to stay away from this one, but I think gun to my head, reluctantly, I will probably take the Lakers just because I think, like I said, everybody's going to be on on Denver here tonight. So um, I, I, I would probably take that plus four with the Lakers at home, uh, you know, against Denver here tonight. Yeah, seeing sharp money, 60% of it is going to the Lakers here. 
So I think what I think what you're saying is is correct there, Manoff, in terms of I feel like everything is mounting against the Lakers. Like it would be some shit for them to to cover this game. And yeah. I don't know, maybe we see LeBron and AD all of a sudden goes off for 30. Like we know what he's capable few moves. of, right? Right, yeah. exactly. So I think they know what's at stake here. Maybe this is like LeBron always needs to like air out some kind of a public grievance to like motivate himself to play better or something. I don't know. Um, so maybe this is just the next thing, but yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I feel like I'm going to fade this, but now I've got, it's got me kind of leaning towards the Lakers. Like, I feel like this is like one of those back against the wall, the world against us type of type of, uh, scenarios where I feel like this is where LeBron tends to shine or, or AD might come out of his awake out of his coma of shitty ball. <laughs> Well, for this one, uh, the truth is, I know it sounds very publicy because I'm sure the public's going to be all over Denver. I got to go with the Nuggets. At the end of the day, the Lakers are just playing really bad basketball. Denver's been playing really well. And the thing that you also forgot to mention is that since we're doing this a couple hours before the game actually takes place, if you take Denver now, decent chance that AD or LeBron's not going to play in this game, and you might beat a huge line move. Because if you want to talk about trying to guess injury reports, which is Never a fun task in the NBA, but you know that a lot of people tend to sit for no apparent reason. You do have right. LeBron and he coming back from serious injuries. They both played yesterday. I'm pretty sure LeBron left the team bench with like six minutes to go. I can't yeah. tell if it's because he thought his teammates were bad and didn't want to watch the game or because he was injured again. But still, the point is that if you don't know who's going to be playing for the Lakers and you know that Denver, for the most part, is fully healthy besides the Jamal Murray injury, then if you take Denver now and then you find out Schroeder is going to be out, which we found out while we were on air, and for example, AD doesn't play. What does the line move from four to six and a half or so, something like that? So yeah, I'll yeah. gamble. On, I'll gamble on the injury report and try to get a good line. So I'll take Denver minus four. Yeah, the line's already shifting. I mean, it opened at two nineteen and a half. Now we're already down to fourteen and a half. So um, I think that there's probably some kind of expectation that something's going to be happening here in terms of a rest scenario or you know maybe another announcement. But yeah, it's a good point, Scott. If I knew that LeBron and E were going to play, I would definitely consider it. But the point is, we don't know because yeah. it's the Lakers and they might rest some people. So based yeah. on that, I think four is a little too short, especially if you think LeBron or AD being out will move the line three points or so. So I like Denver. Yeah, and I think I got an alert from, from Fantasy Labs last night that LeBron left with an ankle injury. I mean, obviously that was what held him out. But to your point, like we don't know if that was just LeBron just being like, fuck this, I'm out. Um, yeah. It's not a good oh, look when you is. leave the bench with like six minutes to go. That's not a good look. Right, right, right. So we don't really know what what is. I mean, maybe he reaggravated his ankle, and then in which case, yeah, he's probably not going to play on a back to back. So yeah, mm -hmm. we'll see. Keep checking that injury report. Sound advice from Scott here. Make sure you can get that get that early line in case that you're projecting that LeBron or AD might sit. All right, guys, let's get into the prop shop. We're going to hear a quick word from our sponsor, then we'll get into some of our best prop plays of the night. Better than Vegas. It's like YouTube, but before DGENs only care about sports betting. We're giving out free daily video picks over at our Better Than Vegas profile page. Better Than Vegas is always running a ton of free contests as well. They get a ton of free picks and handicappers to check out. So make sure to subscribe to our profile so you don't miss a pick at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. All right. So the prop shop, 
Muna, Mr. Sports Nerd, do you want to kick it off for us? What angle do you like? What player are you targeting for tonight's slate? I actually wrote down two player props. Like, I'll start with the first one. And I think uh, it's going to be Russell Westbrook over on the rebounding prop tonight. I currently see it at 12 and a half. Um, you know, like we mentioned that, you know, without Sabonis, that the Indiana Pacers were the worst uh, rebounding team, you know, without obviously Miles Turner Sabonis. I know they have Sabonis back, but, you know, we know what Russell Westbrook can do on a nightly basis, dropping a triple-double every single night. So, um, you know, I'll take Westbrook over the 12-and-a-half rebounds here tonight as my first prop. Dope. I'm going to go with uh, my first one is Joe Ingles under seven and a half assists. Um, yeah, I think that this is a bit overstated. I could see him getting more around the six range. Um, as, as Scott alluded to, you know, he's taking the under on this game on a back to back. But there is no Mike Conley. So that's that is working in his favor. But life's too short for for unders. But I got to switch it up here. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to lean towards Joe Ingles. And he's actually failed to exceed seven and a half assists in 13 of his last 15 games. So aside to this, I don't know. I feel like there's going to be other distributors and he's not going to be able to hit that seven and a half. It's a big gaudy for, for what he's done in the past, but capable if he can get the right scenario, but I'm going to go under here. Well, plus you have DeJounte Murray back, who's one of the best defensive point guards in the league. So that definitely yeah. helps you with the under, but uh, the first play I like for the prop uh, shop is going to be on a player that, well, Daniel kind of roasted a little bit, uh, which was uh, Jonas Valanciunas and how the Memphis has played with him back in the lineup. However, I do love his rebounds uh, over 12 and a half here against the Knicks. You're looking at how he's played lately, whether or not you think Memphis is playing good ball. He still plays a decent amount of minutes, averaging about 28 minutes per game. Last two games, 15 rebounds and 16 rebounds, respectively. Plus, he played against the Knicks earlier this season, played 36 minutes, had 14 rebounds. And you look at the Knicks, even though the team is still pretty healthy, Nerlens Noel did injure his ankle yesterday against Houston, left early after 11 minutes. I'm not sure if it's a serious deal. X-rays came back negative, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks hold them out on a back-to-back here. So you're looking at a situation where uh, Valanciunas has been great rebounding against the Knicks already, been great lately at rebounding, and now he might be going up against Taj Gibson as the backup center there for the Knicks. I got to love the 12 and a half here because I just think I just think Valentino's going to eat on the inside. So I think 12 and a half, especially at a plus money price, which I did find. Uh, I do think that's just a great deal. So that's going to be my first play on the prop shop. I like it. We're not take us to your second one. A second one. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm saying with a rebounding prop, but I'm going to go with a guard here tonight. And that's going to be uh, Lonzo ball over the five and a half rebounds here tonight. Take a look at what he's done over his last four games double digits in the last, previous three and then he had nine in the game against the Clippers and now they're taking up they're sorry going up against the Golden State Warriors here tonight over the last seven days Golden State Warriors one of the worst defenses against the point guard position they're giving up 28 points uh, per game to that point guard position but also giving up close to seven sorry 7.3 rebounds to that position also saying you know Lonzo Ball is a good rebounding guard here tonight or sorry you know for his overall game he's a good rebounding guard I think he that continues here tonight against a Golden State Warriors team who has been atrocious rebounding the basketball over their last 10 games, currently ranked number 24 in opponent rebounds allowed at close to 47 per game. I'll take Lonzo Ball over the five and a half uh, rebounds here tonight against the Golden State Warriors. 
funny you said that because my next prop was Lonzo Ball as well for much of the same reasons that you just outlined, but I'm going with his points, rebounds, and assists line. He's actually exceeded 27 and a half points, rebounds, and assists in each of his last six games after a win. I think the Pelicans are going to steamroll here. Maybe not steamroll, but they're definitely going to be uh, formidable opponents for the Warriors who can't stop anyone. Lonzo's coming off a career-high eight three-pointers in his last contest. I think this guy is rolling. He knows he's about to get his bag. This is the end of the season. We're going to see him continue to flourish. So I like him going over on his point rebounds and assists, 27 and a half. And for my last one, I'm going to talk about a game that we purposefully avoided because of how hideous it is, but I figured, eh, why not? I can talk about it. It'll be between the Magic and the Pistons. And for this matchup here, I'm actually looking at Isaiah Stewart. And I like him over 10 and a half rebounds here. Uh, you're just looking at Plumlee, you know, he's not going to be playing. Wendell Carter, who I feel like a lot of people liked out of Duke, has kind of gotten manhandled uh, by professional bigs during his pro career. I mentioned the Valanciunas numbers against him in back-to-back games, had, uh, you know, like 15 rebounds in both games. Isaiah Stewart should play about 30 minutes in this game because they don't really have any other backup centers for this spot. And in a game with both uh, offenses being pretty terrible, should be a lot of misses. I just think Isaiah Stewart should be able to sit in the paint, get a decent amount of rebounds, and probably end up with about 11 or 12. Yeah, it's funny. I was just going to actually – I had a third one there. Um, I was going Sadiq Bay over five and a half rebounds. He's done that in his last four contests. Uh, his usage rates goes up a lot with Grant with, uh, Jeremy Grant off the floor. He's been a stud rookie for the Detroit Pistons, and I think he'll – be very active defensively as well as in hitting the glass. So you take Isaiah, I take Sadiq. Hopefully they both come out on top. All right. So we're going to get into our best bets for the slate. Munaf, sports nerd, what do you got for us? Yeah, best bet tonight. I'm going to go with uh, Portland plus the two points here tonight. Uh, I'm going to continue with that hot hand. Portland, uh, you know, four straight wins on the road here tonight, battling in that Western Conference. Um playoff picture obviously for playoff seating as we kind of wind down the season here for all the you know reasons that we mentioned we were talking about the game so um portland's healthy they're looking good four straight wins on the road hopefully they get number five here tonight i'm taking portland plus the two as my best bet here for tonight scott what you got well for this one i'm gonna back some line movement here i'm gonna take the utah and san antonio under uh you're just looking at a matchup where san antonio is off in overtime with a back-to-back attachment Uh, Utah offensively without Conley, I think will be a little bit, I'd say discombobulated. And this team defensively is still very, very good, of course, with Gobert in the center. So I'm going to back the line movement there. I think you'll see a lower scoring game. I like the under in that one. Yeah. And I'll take the chalky Knicks balling out and and taking care of business at uh, covering the spread at three points against the Memphis Grizzlies. All right. So that'll conclude our Monday show. Check back in with us tomorrow. We're Munaf. And I will be talking more of the same things, getting you guys the best plays of the slate. We'll talk to you soon, Scott. Thanks for coming on, man. Always a homie. Welcome back anytime. And it's been great having you and and hearing your thoughts, man. You're a beast at this. Thanks. Good to be here. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. Basketball. Give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the